0: It's time to sit back and relax with your favorite drink, and listen. Satan's Mirrors Tim and Gary Lord were twin brothers stuck in an underground bunker. The two men were single fathers. Gary had a five-year-old girl named Chelsea. Tim had a 16-year-old daughter named Hannah. Only the men and their children occupied the bunker. No one could leave during the night hours. If you wanted to make a trip to the store, you had to be sure to leave in the daylight. The morning hours and afternoon hours were the safest times to be outside. Being outside during nightfall was suicide. Looking into a mirror at night was also suicidal. You did not want to do that. People had to destroy the mirrors in their homes, including Tim. Tim found out the hard way a few nights ago. He saved his daughter and escaped his house, but not without suffering a few minor injuries. His older brother Gary had no problem allowing Tim and his daughter to stay in his house. Tim's brother came prepared and he'd built a doomsday bunker under his house. Gary always prepared for the worst case scenarios. He knew what had happened to Tim and he tried to warn his brother. He told his brother not to look into a mirror at night. He told him to destroy every mirror in his home. But Tim laughed off his brother's warning, thinking Gary was crazy or that he was pranking him. Tim knew Gary to be the prankster in the family, and Tim thought his mirror situation was another one of his brother's elaborate jokes. After what had happened to Tim and his daughter, he never took his brother's words for granted again. Tim had a near-death experience, all because he looked into a mirror at night while brushing his teeth. I started writing on my horror novel the day before. Tim whispered to his brother as he sat on a sofa with his daughter lying across his lap asleep. Your brother's a rock musician and you're a successful author. You already know how to write a book. You've written 20 novels. I've never written a novel in my life. I had an extreme case of writer's block. could only write one paragraph. When I went to bed and woke up the next morning, I turned on my laptop and got the shock of my life. Gary listened intently as he sat across from his brother in a recliner. He had his little girl sitting in his lap, sleeping. He finished writing your novel, didn't he? Gary finished Tim's story, and he watched as his brother nodded. He could still see the shocked days in Tim's eyes. I'd finished a novel. At first I thought somebody broke into my house and typed on my laptop. Tim shook his head freaked me out to see a 540-page book sitting in my Word document after knowing damn well that I'd only written a paragraph the day before. I knew that it couldn't have been an intruder. Nothing in my house was missing, and even the world's greatest burglar couldn't type up a 540-page book in one night. Unless the burglar was supernatural. A soft chuckle escaped from Tim. Surrealism saturated his mind, and it intermingled with his fear. Gary laid his head back while thinking of what to say next. I don't know if the world's ending. It feels like a horror movie. I didn't believe it until I saw him looking back at me. He reached out of the mirror and grabbed me. I thought I was hallucinating at first, but, but when he twisted my wrist and I felt a sharp pain shoot up my arm, I knew this was real. Gary paused, contemplating his words for a minute. couldn't believe I was fighting myself in a public restroom. Went to wash my hands and I looked up into the mirror to see this dark twisted face looking back at me I jumped back tried to run but he lunged out of the mirror grabbing my wrist I couldn't believe what was happening to me the lights in the men's bathroom went out and I struggled but I made it out alive Gary looked down at his daughter he breezed his fingers through his daughter's small curly locks you were on a date with someone weren't you Tim asked he remembered his brother telling him about a woman he'd met on an online dating site a month ago. Yeah, I was on a date, Gary answered his brother with a sad tone in his voice. Thoughts of the woman he'd met online lingered in his mind. Gary thought about the chemistry he had with his date, Cassandra. He thought about the conversation he had with her. It seemed like the perfect date. Gary knew he was connecting with Cassandra when she reached across the restaurant table to touch his hand. There were secrets he told her that he'd never even told his twin brother. And Cassandra also opened her heart to Gary. All of this happened on the first date, which made Gary believe in finding love again. Gary found a new woman, and he thought he'd never have to wear the melancholy label of a widower again. For once, Gary thought he'd move on from the death of his wife by finding new love with this woman. But things went downhill for Gary when he had to excuse himself He enjoyed talking to Cassandra, and he didn't know that a trip to the men's room would change his life forever. Maybe she's still alive, Tim told his brother. He could see the hidden sadness in Gary's eyes. He wanted to give his brother hope with his love life, and he knew that Gary hated being a widower. Tim followed his brother's gaze when he looked across the living room at a framed picture of his dead wife, Nancy, that sat on a fireplace mantel. In the picture you could see Nancy cuddling her daughter while sitting on a grassy knoll, wearing a summer dress. Her classic beauty and smile seemed to radiate beyond the photograph. Even her flowery sunset golden hair seemed to glow in the picture. You think, my wife's alive? Gary asked. He misunderstood his brother, and he became lost in his memories of Nancy. No, um, I was talking about your date, Tim stated. Maybe Cassandra is still alive. I remember you told me the restaurant went dark and people were screaming. Tim tried to keep his voice down while talking to his twin brother, not wanting to wake his daughter. While talking to his brother, he couldn't get the monster out of his head. Tim's doppelganger attacked him in his basement bathroom. Seeing a dark, dead version of himself in the mirror would stay with Tim for the rest of his life. I doubt that. Gary shook his head with an incredulous glint in his eyes. She died in that restaurant. I escaped and it was a miracle. Those lights went out and I knew the thing that had attacked me in the restroom wasn't the only monster in the restaurant. Gary's voice quivered. Tim wanted to lean forward but he knew he couldn't move with his daughter still sleeping on his lap. You think a doppelganger killed your date? Tim felt shivers after he watched his brother nod his head. I think everyone in the restaurant got attacked by their doppelgangers. When I ran past the ladies' restroom, I heard screaming. The restaurant had a large mirror in the dining area. After it went dark, I could still see what looked like people climbing out of this mirror. But I knew they weren't people. They were the doppelgangers of the restaurant patrons. Their doppelgangers attacked them, just like mine attacked me. What do you do when you see yourself as a dead, rotting corpse in a mirror? I'm pretty sure some people in that restaurant froze when they saw those ugly versions of themselves. Some people ran for their lives while others were probably less fortunate, like my date, Cassandra. Gary was still stroking his fingers through his daughter's hair, and he kept shifting his eyes over to a group of security monitors which displayed camera surveillance of every square inch of his house, inside and out. A holographic flat-screen TV sat next to Gary's security monitors horrible news headlines scrolled across the television screen. The headlines and news reports showed camera footage of people being attacked on the street and in their homes by their zombie doppelgangers. Some videos were too graphic to show. In some videos, it showed people being killed by other people's doppelgangers. Every one of them had superhuman strength. They could lift ten times their body weight. Getting into a fight with a doppelganger would be the equivalent to getting into a fight with a group of men. Sunlight was a weapon that could save you from them, however. But Gary didn't have sunlight to save him from his doppelganger. Something else saved him from almost being killed in that restaurant bathroom. His doppelganger almost broke his neck. Gary escaped with his life when the creature became distracted by someone else stepping into the bathroom. Gary got away and his doppelganger snapped the bones in someone else's neck. Gary had his life, but he felt guilty for allowing his doppelganger to kill an innocent patron who stepped into the bathroom at the wrong time. Didn't you tell me you shot the babysitter? Tim asked his brother, breaking the brief silence in the room. He recalled what Gary had told him over the phone. Gary took his eyes off his TV screen after he heard his brother's question. I had to shoot the babysitter's doppelganger. It had killed her already. I couldn't save her in time. I tried to call her and warn her not to look into a mirror, but it was too late. The words crawled out from between Gary's lips. After I escaped from the restaurant, I jumped in my car and drove home immediately. I had a feeling that Chelsea was in danger. The sun was setting. The daylight became night faster than normal. I had to drive through a lot of chaos before I finally got home. Gary chuckled releasing some of the tension in his body. People were running across the street. I saw cars hitting people and cars running into each other. I saw skeletal, dark figures chasing people down the street. Some people were shooting at their doppelgangers. I saw this one woman running on the sidewalk with a baby in her arms. She was being pursued by them. I wanted to pull over and help her, but the doppelganger grabbed her before I could do anything. It had chased her down, grabbing her and her baby. I saw this happen to other people, too. It got so bad that I thought I wouldn't be able to make it home. Tim watched as his brother took a deep breath. What happened when you got home? Tim already knew what had happened, but he wanted his brother to tell him the details. While waiting for his brother to speak again, he thought about all the young adult horror novels his brother had written. Tim never thought his life would turn into one of the horror novels that made his brother a wealthy, best-selling author. Tim was a successful rocker whose fans called the devil with a guitar. He'd sold 50 million albums and collaborated with many pop singers and rap icons, including a young pop singer named Serenity Rose, whose father was Post Malone. Five Grammy Awards sat on a shelf in Tim's living room, but Tim didn't give a damn about these rewards he was a rock musician who loved his fans more than these awards tim envied his brother's writing talent even though he himself had a tremendous talent for writing music tim and his brother looked identical the only difference was that tim sported a blonde sharp-edged haircut with tattoos on his neck and metal piercings in his face and ears most often tim and gary's looks would be compared to the rock and roll icon elvis presley They both had the sleepy gaze in their ocean blue eyes and the prominent cheekbones that gave Elvis his distinct handsomeness. Tim reminded people of a hip-hop bad-boy version of Elvis. He loved his brother, but he didn't want to share his brother's more conservative looks. He wanted to stand out from his brother, and his music profession allowed him to be a hard-ass. Since the world was ending, Tim did not want to lose his brother, and he didn't want to die either. After what happened to him and his daughter... Tim appreciated life. Now, listening to his brother's story made Tim feel like something had trapped him and his brother in a deathly alternate universe. Oh, my heart sank when I pulled into the driveway and saw that all the lights were out in my house. Gary proceeded with his story. He put his fingers up to his face, fidgeting with his goatee. I grabbed my gun out of the glove compartment. My head was spinning. All I could think about was Chelsea. I called out to her, but she didn't answer. The front door had been knocked off its hinges. Tiffany was the name of the babysitter I hired. Her dead body was lying in the doorway. Her arms were hanging outside the door. I almost passed out when I saw what her doppelganger had done to her body. Tim kept his eyes on his brother while listening to him. He'd occasionally looked down at his daughter, thinking about how his doppelganger had tried to kill both of them. What I saw was horrible. Gary choked on his words a little. He didn't want to describe how the babysitter's doppelganger had mutilated her body, but he knew his brother wanted details. It had ripped the skin off Tiffany's face. Was nothing but bone and sinew where the nose and lips used to be. It looked like a grizzly bear had chewed on her face and neck, and her scalp was missing. It had ripped her hair out, and I could see the top part of her skull and blood had splattered all over my front porch. All the fingers were missing on Tiffany's left hand. She had a mangled right hand and it It looked like a dog had been gnawing on it. Tiffany was a pretty girl but when I saw her body hanging half outside my door it looked like she'd been in a car accident. I wanted to throw up when I realized that the thing that viciously attacked Tiffany was still inside my house and I didn't know where my daughter was. Gary raised his finger and he pointed at one of the security monitors which displayed his daughter's bedroom. Yeah, she's in there. I killed her in my daughter's bedroom. Gary whispered, and he could feel his stomach turning again. Tim looked around at the monitor with a lost expression on his face. He could see a female figure in a sleeveless white dress lying on the floor, face down beside the bed. She's in your daughter's bedroom. Tim looked back at his brother who nodded at him with his finger still pointing at the security monitor yeah i found her in my daughter's bedroom crawling across the ceiling it was dark so i couldn't see her at first but i could hear chelsea crying gary brought his eyes down to a bandage on his daughter's leg a few inches below her knee oh, that demon bit my daughter's leg chelsea got away from her she was hiding under her bed came into the bedroom I could hear footsteps above my head my daughter was crying but I could hear the doppelganger singing a lullaby to her while she was crawling back and forth across the ceiling. she leaped down and that's when I opened fire I shot her six times after I shot her she stood there for the longest minute in my life glaring at me through black hollow eyes she curled back her lips and I saw she had rows of spikes for teeth. I could see the bloodstains on her teeth, and her gums were black. It was like I was looking at Tiffany's corpse that had arisen from a graveyard somewhere. She even had a long, grungy white dress. Her dress looked dead like her. My heart was racing, and I breathed a sigh of relief when she finally collapsed to the floor. After Gary had finished speaking, his whispering words lingered in the air. Tim looked at his brother through a sorrowful but unnerved stare. A silence manifested between the twin brothers. For a minute they didn't know what to say to each other. Tim's eyes kept falling onto the bandage wrapped around his niece's leg. He felt shivers of sympathy when he thought about the creature biting the little girl. He couldn't imagine how bad he'd feel if his doppelganger had bit his daughter. So many unanswered questions tormented Tim. He didn't know what these creatures were. He didn't know if they were the manifestation of a person's inner demons. Well, he thought the doppelgangers might be aliens at first. Tim couldn't figure out his doppelganger, and he knew that fear and confusion tormented his brother the same way it had tormented him. But we're calling these things doppelgangers. Gary broke the silence with his tired eyes locked on his television screen. Well, I googled the word. It's an old german word that describes the apparition of a living person so uh, a doppelganger doesn't refer to someone who looks just like you no, it's the ghost of a living person they said that if you see your doppelganger it's a sign of your imminent death tim swallowed hard after his brother told him the meaning behind the words so what are you trying to say bro he's saying that we're gonna die anyway because we saw our doppelgangers in the mirror tim waited for his brother's answer but his waking daughter caught him to break on blinking eye contact with his brother tim smiled at hannah when she awoke from her sleep slowly sitting up hey angel did you get a good sleep tim kissed his daughter on the forehead while combing his fingers through her hair i had a nightmare hannah told her dad while rubbing her eyes her voice was soft but hoarse when her eyes cleared up she smiled at her uncle gary was giving her a warm gaze then Tim forgot about what his brother had told him when his daughter hugged him the father needed his daughter's embrace both of them had gone through a near-death experience a day ago and they were glad to be in each other's arms Hannah's nightmare contained her father's doppelganger the teenager could still see the dead version of her father chasing her around the basement in their house Gary wanted to keep looking at his brother and his niece But activity on one of his security monitors caused him to turn his eyes away a thought came to gary that what he'd seen out of the corner of his eye was an optical illusion movement on one of the security monitors was something gary didn't want to see nightfall had arrived and any movement occurring around this time would be a threat people were told to stay in their homes and lock their doors at night and even that warning wouldn't protect people from being killed inside their home Especially if they didn't destroy all the mirrors there. What's wrong? Tim noticed Gary directing a suspicious stare at one of his security monitors. Oh, nothing. Gary didn't want to display paranoia in front of his brother or his niece. Memories came to Gary as he placed his eyes back on his brother. They were pleasant memories, well, sort of. The memories were mostly about his dead wife. Gary had loved her dearly and he had... Uh crazy thought if he saw his dead wife's doppelganger would he run from it or would he be so desperate to reunite with his wife that he'd approach the monster and possibly get killed in the process this thought crossed gary's mind he knew love could make you do crazy things God, gary even imagined himself making love to his wife's doppelganger in the backseat of his wife's bright yellow 1970 mustang fastback thoughts were getting crazier in Gary's head. Gary knew that no other woman could replace his wife, not even Cassandra. A kiss from a monster that looked like his wife would be better than nothing in Gary's mind. Oh, he wanted to keep fantasizing about his dead wife, but his brother broke him out of his daydream. Hey, do you remember the night you came to one of my concerts? Tim asked. A smirk formed across his handsome and hard-edged face. Gary couldn't remember what his brother was talking about, but he nodded anyway. "'I asked you to join me on stage, and you look scared as hell,' Tim chuckled. "'I wanted you to play the drums. Well, "'You hadn't played the drums since we were teenagers playing in a garage. Well, "'You did well that night. "'I think we played um, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. "'That night I was Kirk and Bain, and you were Dave Grohl.' "'Everything went our way.' And then the heat went up when that naked, fine-ass chick ran up on stage and grabbed me. (laughs) Tim laughed even harder after bringing up the naked woman and seeing his brother's eyes light up. (laughs) I'd forgotten about the naked chick. Now I remember. Gary erupted into laughter. He laughed so hard that he woke up his daughter. Sorry, kiddo, Gary whispered guiltily to his little girl. He kissed Chelsea on the forehead while trying to suppress his laugh. It was like she came out of nowhere she jumped on that stage and tackled me. All I saw were these massive boobs running towards me. Tim continued, putting his hand over his bearded face and choking on his laughter. She was hot and naked, damn it. What the hell's wrong with me? I don't want to talk about this in front of my baby. It's a bit too damn explicit. Tim kept chuckling as he glanced around at his daughter. He remembered what the naked woman did to him, and he couldn't say it in front of Hannah. I won't say it in front of our babies, they're too young to hear this stuff. Tim pointed at his daughter and his niece. Hannah's ears tingled. She hugged her father's arm tighter after pinning her silky, dark almond hair behind her ears. Can you tell me a little? Hannah tried to coax the story out of her father, and she gave him a disappointed look when he shook his head. No, honey, I don't think you want to know what she did to your dad. Tim couldn't stop laughing, and he, knew he was sparking his daughter's curiosity even more through his mischievous laughter. Gary agreed that his brother should keep what the naked woman did a secret from their children. He couldn't believe that his brother had to remind him of this. He'd watched as she tackled him, almost knocking him into a speaker. She knocked the guitar out of his hand, and after she knocked him down on the stage, she tried to rip off his denim jeans faster than a lightning bolt striking the ground. And, well... The security guards grabbed her just in time. Gary remembered Tim's wife being in the audience, and she jumped on stage punching that woman in the face after the security guards grabbed her. Tim's wife, Megan, who was now his ex-wife, became outraged at the sight of this woman assaulting her husband on stage. I remember when we played together on a stage at the Grammys, Hannah told her dad with a reminiscent softness in her voice. She giggled when her dad kissed the side of her head. Yeah, i never forget what we did. Tim had to clean up his mind after his daughter made him remember that moment together. We were playing a Grammy salute to Little Nas X. Tim smiled and his memories made him experience the moment with his daughter all over again. Yeah, we sang Old Town Road together with Little Nas X, who was sitting in the audience. He stood up from his seat clapping when I started rapping his lyrics. It made me feel so good seeing him clapping and cheering at me. I was nervous at first thinking I was gonna mess up Hannah could still see Lil Nas X in the audience cheering at her and her father she remembered the rap star running up on stage and giving her a big hug after they finished their tribute performance I remember that night vividly Lil Nas X looked damn good for a 78 year old man he was still rocking that cowboy hat Tim laughed he'd never forget the warm embrace the rap star gave him and his daughter those were the memories Tim wished he could experience again. Oh, he was sexy. I wanted little Nas X to be my boyfriend, but he was too old for me. Hannah shrugged her shoulders, letting a playful giggle escape from her. She held her father's hand on top of her knee. Hannah studied the tattoo of a spiderweb that scaled up her father's muscular forearm. The teenager affectionately stroked her fingers across her father's arm. And she briefly forgot about the doppelgangers. She saw attacking people on the streets, and the screams she heard echoing from people's houses. Hannah forgot about her father's doppelganger, but it would only be for a moment. Yeah, getting grabbed by a ghastly humanoid monster that shared your father's physical traits was something you could never forget. His musty scent, his pale translucent skin, and his pointed teeth were the attributes Hannah remembered the most on her father's doppelganger. She even remembered his clawed fingers when he grabbed her chin and attempted to sink his teeth into her face. Hannah never forgot how the doppelganger whispered the words, It won't hurt, sweetheart, before showing his dingy, jagged teeth. Hannah saw her death, but then she saw a fist fly out from behind her, clocking the doppelganger in his mouth. Hannah got pulled into her father's arms and she blacked out after her father rescued her. Laughing with her dad made Hannah forget about how strange her life had become now. But a dismal reminder tapped Hannah on the shoulder when she looked up to see her uncle Gary staring at his security monitors. The smile departed from her face and she stopped caressing her father's arm when her uncle abruptly stood up from his recliner. Gary's daughter, Chelsea, stood up with her father. The little girl saw what her father saw and she felt equally terrified. Daddy, I saw her. I thought you shot her, Chelsea uttered while looking up at her father. She was in a groggy state, but when she saw a creature in a white dress on the security monitor, it woke her up and sent chills down her spine. I saw her too, baby, Gary whispered down to his daughter while holding her hand. I thought I killed her. After saying this, he shook his head in disbelief. The father and daughter saw Tiffany's doppelganger alive and well. They watched as she slowly rose from the floor before walking out of Chelsea's bedroom. Tim wanted to know why his brother had a shell-shocked expression on his face. When he turned around to see a pale woman in a white dress drifting down the hallway on a security monitor, he jolted up as if something had hit him with a stun gun. What the hell was that? Tim's voice shuddered a little. He already knew what it was. That was the babysitter's doppelganger, Hannah answered her father instead of her uncle, who was speechless. Uncle Gary, I thought you killed her. Hannah looked around at her uncle, whose face was whiter than snow. I killed her, honey. I shot the bitch six times, Gary answered his niece as he slowly approached his security monitors. She came back. I killed her hours ago and she came back. Gary put his hands up to his forehead and he watched as Tiffany's doppelganger drifted from room to room, as if the house belonged to her. Hannah jumped when the bunker room ceiling lights flickered. She tried to keep calm while looking at the security monitors, watching this pale, ghostly apparition drift into the house's living room. Hannah could see bloodstains on the front of her dress ghostly woman crept around the living room her body twitched with every step she came to an abrupt stop over tiffany's dead body which was still lying near the front door the doppelganger tilted her head while looking down at the babysitter's body she crouched down over tiffany with her eye sockets scanning the dead young woman from head to toe after studying tiffany's dead body for a while It crawled up on top of Tiffany before digging her teeth into Tiffany's neck. She was finishing what she'd started. Tim looked away from the security monitor and his stomach twisted. My God, Tim gasped before sitting back down on the sofa in shock. She's eating her. Hannah stated the obvious and her young mind couldn't believe what her eyes were showing her. Gary covered his daughter's eyes. Seeing the doppelganger resurrect itself was bad enough, but watching her eat the babysitter took his fear to a new level. Gary wanted to turn away, but he kept his eyes on the security monitor. His eyes were wide open, and so was his mouth. Sweat developed on his forehead, and his heart was stomping in his throat. Hannah's body became frozen after she saw the doppelganger biting into the babysitter's neck. She still had her eyes on the security monitor's screen. Watching this doppelganger feast on a dead human body was the most disgusting thing Hannah had ever seen. The pale woman's needle-like teeth gnawed and poured on Tiffany's neck like a wild dog ripping chunks of meat off a bone. This evil creature ate ravenously, savoring every bit of human flesh that entered her mouth. Well, it was nice to have leftovers, it would seem. While feasting on Tiffany's body, the doppelganger looked down at six bullet holes in her dress. She smirked when she stroked her fingers through the holes and felt that her skin was intact. Each time the doppelganger would take a bite out of Tiffany's neck, she'd sit back on her knees, using her dress to clean the blood from around her mouth. After feasting on the body for an hour, the doppelganger slowly rose to her feet, still holding fragments of Tiffany's skull in her hand. The creature drifted around the living room, pacing back and forth. Her movements seemed fragmented and glitchy. Hannah was sitting down beside her father on the sofa, but she still had her eyes glued to the security monitors. She felt like she was watching a scene from a horror movie. The creature looked human to Hannah. She looked like a normal woman who was nervously pacing around in a living room. But Hannah shivered when she saw the woman climb up a wall seeing this creature crawl across the living room ceiling reminded hannah that she was watching a monster caught on camera and not a human being tim held his daughter's hand and he tried to put out what he saw on the security monitors insidious anxiety came over him when he realized that these creatures were monsters that you couldn't kill tim heard his brother tell him he'd shot tiffany's doppelganger six times Yet he was seeing her on the monitor creeping around the living room with human blood on her face and dress i shot her six times i watched her fall to the floor she was dead gary was still standing motionless in front of the monitors with his daughter's arms wrapped around his waist chelsea had her arms locked around her dad and her innocent eyes studied the creature's every move on the monitor her heartbeat sped up when she thought about the doppelganger and what it had done to her leg chelsea had witnessed the death of her babysitter tiffany it had all happened when she'd gone to the bathroom chelsea enjoyed watching movies and eating pizza with tiffany and she enjoyed playing hide and seek with the babysitter chelsea had her last moment with tiffany after she tucked her into bed she tucked chelsea in and read her a bedtime story after kissing chelsea goodnight, tiffany had left the child's bedroom making her way to the bathroom. Chelsea'd heard her go in, and the little girl didn't know then that she was seeing her babysitter for the last time. Chelsea had leapt up in her bed when she'd heard an ear-piercing scream coming from the dark hallway. The child crawled out of bed, and she stepped into the hallway when she heard Tiffany running down the stairway as if something was chasing her. Chelsea could hear a second pair of footsteps stomping behind. At first... Chelsea thought an intruder had broken into the house. She heard banging and crashing taking place in the stairway. This quickly moved into the living room, and in Chelsea's ears it sounded like a war zone had broken out in the house. The sound of glass breaking and furniture being tossed around shook Chelsea's nerves. Tiffany's screams almost caused Chelsea to have a panic attack. The little girl followed the screams until she reached the bottom of the stairway. When she made it to the bottom of the stairs, Tiffany's screaming stopped, abruptly. There was slight darkness in the living room. Chelsea could make out a figure in a white dress kneeling near the front door. The door was open and the porch light partially illuminated the dark figure. This female figure was crouching down with her neck turned to Chelsea. Chelsea had thought it was Tiffany until she saw that the figure was sitting on top of Tiffany's dead body. This confused the child from the back, because the figure looked exactly like her. Chelsea remembered calling out to the figure, and the back of the figure's head jerked upward when it heard her voice. The figure revealed it was a woman, when it slowly stood up, with its back still facing Chelsea. She called Tiffany's name again, still thinking the woman was Tiffany, even though she could see Tiffany's dead body beneath the woman's feet. There is no Tiffany, sweetie. Chelsea remembered the woman snarling at her with her back still facing the child. Chelsea stopped in her tracks when the woman moved her long raven black hair over her shoulder before slowly turning her head to look at the child. She opened her mouth to scream but nothing came out. The little girl froze when her eyes locked onto a horrid ghoulish face that was staring back at her. She wasn't staring into a person's eyes. She was staring into two dark, eyeless cavities. Chelsea could see the blood around the ghoulish woman's mouth. But what sent the child running was when she looked down to see Tiffany's mutilated face. She ran back toward the stairway. She could feel icy hands trying to grab her. A stiff hand gripped her ankle, causing her to fall on the stairs. Chelsea screamed when she felt something sharp pierce her leg. She remembered almost fainting from the pain. Tears drowned the child's eyes as she desperately tried to free herself from this monstrous version of Tiffany. Chelsea screamed out for her father, knowing that her dad was not at home. Clawed fingers were digging into her back and grabbing her arms. It took some time, but Chelsea finally broke free from the evil Tiffany. As the child ran up the stairs, she looked over her shoulder. ...to see the creature dragging her feet up the stairs and taking her sweet time in her pursuit of her. Chelsea ran into a bedroom, shutting the door behind her and locking it. She crawled under a bed while saying a prayer that her father had told her to say whenever she felt afraid. The bedroom door rattled on its hinges. The rattling morphed into banging and soon the banging turned into full-blown ramming. Chelsea was in a fetal position beneath her bed with her face buried in her hands. Her door shook so violently that she thought it was going to fall off its hinges. Chelsea thought it was all over when her door stopped convulsing. She heard nothing for a few minutes, but then her door slowly opened. It opened as if Chelsea hadn't even locked it. She remembered hearing the evil Tiffany singing a lullaby when she stepped into the bedroom. Her voice sounded deceivingly soothing. It echoed throughout the dark bedroom like a haunting wind. Chelsea never saw it, but she could hear the doppelganger crawling up the bedroom wall while still softly humming. She heard the evil Tiffany crawling closer to the bed, and then she heard her father shouting out to her in the hallway. Chelsea wanted to warn her father, but she couldn't speak while listening to the sound of hands and feet clawing across her ceiling, a few feet above her bed she heard hissing and then she heard gunshots there were six shots and chelsea saw a body drop to the floor beside her bed and the little girl had run into her father's arms thinking it was over but that healthy fear had returned to chelsea when she saw the evil tiffany alive again wandering throughout the house with the dead aimlessness in her walk and hannah Had never seen a human body being eaten as she stared at the monitor she watched as the evil tiffany crept into the kitchen while chewing on something when hannah looked closely she could see that the doppelganger was chomping on tiffany's ear tim couldn't look at the security monitors anymore his stomach flipped after he saw the creature feasting on tiffany's body near the front door while lost in thought he couldn't understand what these doppelgangers were or where'd they come from? What disturbed him the most was that you couldn't kill these monsters. It seemed like all the bullets in the world couldn't save you from a doppelganger. Tim witnessed that fact firsthand. A loud noise snatched him out of his anxiety days. And that loud noise came from Tim's phone. You have the loudest ringtone in the world. Hannah fussed at her father after his ringing phone caused her heart to hop into her throat. Hannah cracked a slight smile, even though the ringtone rattled her nerves. Sorry, sweetheart. Tim kissed his daughter's forehead while hastily removing the phone from his pocket. It shocked Tim when he saw who was calling him. His ex-wife, Megan, rarely called him, and something felt wrong. When Tim answered his phone, he couldn't say a single word because his ex-wife spoke so rapidly. Tim, honey, I need your help. Megan's whispering words bombarded Tim's ear. When your ex-wife calls you honey it means she's in serious trouble. I was trying to reach you. I went to your house but you weren't there. Something was in your basement and it chased me out of the house. Megan sat out of breath while whispering through the phone. Where are you? Tim asked his ex-wife while standing up from the sofa. I'm in my car parked in front of your brother's house. Megan swallowed hard. The front door is open. I can see a woman crouching in the doorway. I think she's looking at me. Now well, Tim broke into a full-blown sweat when he looked around at the security monitors to see the evil Tiffany lurking toward the doorway. He could see the doppelganger fixating its eyes on something else. I went to your house and your door was open. I went inside. I heard banging coming from the basement. Megan's voice shivered behind her words. I went downstairs and I unlocked your basement door. Well, I stupidly thought it was you banging on the door to try and get out. Megan paused for a minute, taking a deep breath. I opened the door and this tall anorexic man chased me up the stairs. I think it was a man who looked like you if you died 30 years ago and came back. Richard was in the house with me. He tried to protect me, but you killed... Well, I mean, this monster that looked like you killed him. Grabbed Richard and it ripped out his throat. I tried to save him but it was too late. I had to get out of there. Tim held the phone for a minute after his ex-wife told him what had happened to her husband. He wanted to tell Megan to stay in a car and wait for him. But he didn't really know what to do. His thoughts were misfiring. He was safe in the underground bunker. And the thought of leaving it to help his ex-wife, well, it harassed him gary could hear a woman's voice emerging from tim's phone and he knew it was his brother's ex-wife megan there was something wrong but gary couldn't quite figure it out i'm afraid megan kept gulping between her words i got out of my car i'm walking to the back of the house tim bit his tongue after his ex-wife told him she was walking to the back of the house he didn't want megan to enter because he knew about the danger waiting for her inside that woman i saw crouching down in the doorway didn't see me she turned around and went back into the house who was that woman megan's whispering wavered from walking swiftly and talking at the same time that woman you saw is dangerous it's the babysitter's doppelganger tim tried to explain now listen to me go to the back of the house but don't go inside i'll come out to meet you stay as quiet as possible Tim instructed Megan with his eyes stuck on the security monitors. He could see the evil Tiffany in the living room, chewing on more body parts that she'd removed from the dead Tiffany. Beesitter's doppelganger? What's a doppelganger? Megan didn't let her shortness of breath prevent her from asking questions. Tim was about to answer his ex-wife, but his phone died at the wrong time. Look, they're monster versions of us. And they appear in mirrors. That's what a doppelganger is, Tim told his ex-wife, not knowing that he'd lost his connection. He cursed under his breath when he saw that his phone had no battery life. It died on me, piece of shit phone. Tim tossed his dead phone on the sofa and tried to figure out how he could meet up with his ex-wife without attracting deadly attention. That was Mom? Hannah asked with panic in her voice. She watched as her father slowly nodded his head. Where is she? Now, the 16-year-old wanted to stay calm, but she didn't want her mother to come into the house and get killed by the evil Tiffany. Hannah witnessed what the doppelganger could do to a human body. She didn't want her mum to get eaten alive on camera. Is she inside the house? Gary asked. He still had his little daughter's hand while giving his brother an intense stare. That thing is in my living room. It's going to kill her if she goes inside the house. Gary spoke fast, and he was unaware of his raised voice. Look, I told her not to come into the house. Tim yelled back at his brother. I'm going to meet her outside near the back. A more gentle tone then enveloped Tim's voice. He didn't want to yell at his brother and agitate the situation even more. You can't go out there. She'll kill you. That creature will eat you. He couldn't believe his negative words. Positivity would usually befriend Gary's personality. But his worst thoughts snagged at him as he struggled to realize that a cannibalistic monster he had killed was alive again and wandering around his living room. Hannah hugged her father's arm when she thought about him being outside the bunker. She wanted to save her mom, but she didn't want her father to leave. Hannah's heart was pounding against her chest but she became determined to go with her father. "'She's not going to kill me,' Tim stated with confidence. "'She's in the kitchen and I'll be near the back of the house. I'll be perfectly quiet.' Tim pointed at the monitor, which displayed surveillance of the kitchen. He ignored the chills on the back of his neck when he saw the evil Tiffany standing motionless in the middle of the kitchen. "'What's she doing?' Hannah whispered up to her father, with her eyes locked on the screen. She thought a glitch had frozen the video until she saw the doppelganger's shoulders rising. I don't know, but I have to go out there and get your mom. Tim's heart collapsed when he saw all the blood drain from his daughter's pretty face. He saw her struggling to hide her panic. I'll go with you, Hannah said, hastily grabbing her father's hand and hoping that he wouldn't object to her leaving with him. The teenager knew her father would put up a fight. No, you can't go with me. It's not safe, baby. Tim touched his daughter's chin and he tried to free himself, but Hannah had a firm grip on his arm. I have to go with you. I can help you just in case something happens. Hannah tugged on her father's arm, causing him almost to lose his balance. Honey, I don't have time to argue. Tim cut off his daughter. Well, Usually he'd let his daughter have her way, but not tonight. Tim had to keep his foot down because telling his daughter no could save her life. You're not going with me. Stay here with your uncle and keep your eyes on the security monitors. Tim pointed to the monitors with a soft, authoritative tone in his deep voice. Gary held his little girl in his arms and he watched as a brief argument ensued between his brother and his niece. I don't give a damn what you say. I'm going with you. Hannah tightened her grip around her father's bulky arm. Her defiant words punched her father. You're not going to tell me no this time. When I asked you if my boyfriend could spend the night, you told me no. When I wanted to go to the movies with my girlfriends last Saturday, you told me no. I wanted to borrow the car last weekend, you told me no. I'm sixteen years old. I'm not a baby anymore. I'm going with you. Hannah stared up at her father with a fiery, youthful rebellion in her beautifully soulful eyes. Tim never took his shocked eyes off his daughter's face. His mouth fell open after his daughter chewed him out with her words. He could see his ex-wife's spicy personality and her badass beauty in his daughter. It's what made him fall in love with his daughter's mother. While staring at Hannah, Tim saw a glimpse of Megan, and he remembered not being able to tell her no without a fight. Sweetheart, maybe you should listen to your dad, Gary told Hannah interjecting himself into the father and daughter verbal scuffle. Your father just wants you to be safe, and you'll be safe with me. You can still help your dad by watching the security monitors and speaking to him through these walkie-talkies. Gary pulled out two communication devices that he had hidden under a table. He handed one walkie-talkie to Hannah while giving her a light smile. He winked at his brother after he gave him his walkie-talkie. He knew that he'd saved Tim from his daughter by calming her down. I want to go with you, but since my uncle wants me to stay, I'll stay. Hannah had a trembling voice that would appear every time she glanced around at the security monitors to see Tiffany's doppelganger lurking around in another part of the house. Daddy, I'm scared. Hannah turned back around, throwing her arms around her father. I don't want you to get killed. Anna tightened her arms around her father's waist while gazing up at him through her teary indigo green eyes well, the teenager kept imagining the evil tiffany killing and eating her father on one of the security monitors and she tried to knock the gruesome image out of her head Anna wanted to stay positive but she kept thinking about her father's doppelganger how he tried to eat her face everything's gonna be fine tim kissed his daughter on the forehead We have walkie-talkies, thanks to your uncle. We can still communicate with each other. I'm going to go get your mum. All you have to do is keep your eyes on the monitors. If you see her getting close... Tim paused for a minute, pointing to one screen which displayed the monster crawling across the kitchen floor. You just let me know on the walkie-talkie. Just hold down that button on the side and tell me what's going on. You'll be my lookout. Tim smiled down at his teenage daughter while caressing her chin. He smiled at how his daughter reflected him in the way she dressed. He called her the girl with the dragon tattoo because of her gothic lace dresses and her black leather skirts. Tim studied how the ring in his daughter's nose, the hot pink streak in her hair, and her skull earrings accentuated her exotic beauty. You think you're not a baby anymore? Oh, guess what, little lady? You'll always be my baby no matter what, Tim told his daughter before leaning down and kissing away a tear on her cheek. He gave hannah another long kiss on her forehead before slowly turning to make his way toward the bunkers door hannah's arms fell beside her slender waist after she let go of her father she swallowed a few of her tears while turning around unable to watch him leave the bunker hannah would gasp hard whenever she'd attempt to stop herself from crying the teenager brushed her hair behind her shoulders and she cleaned the water out of her eyes before surveying the monitors Hannah would still have time to see her father leave because there was a camera above the bunker's door. Her eyes fell on the screen that showed her mother brushing dirt off her dress and jacket while standing on the backyard deck, patiently waiting for her father. Hannah stroked her fingers across that security monitor that showed her mother, and she prayed for a miracle when she saw the evil Tiffany on another screen creeping back into the house's living room. The monster had an arch in her back and she kept her head twisted to one side. Hannah took her eyes off the monster when she felt small fingers easing into her palm. A smile formed across her lips as she glanced down to see her little cousin Chelsea standing beside her. Hannah knew that the little girl was trying to comfort her, and she wrapped her arms around the child, thinking of Chelsea as the little sister she'd always wanted. Please be careful. Don't make me a father of two girls instead of one. Gary whispered in his brother's ear while giving him a powerful hug with his arm embracing the back of Tim's neck. Tim affectionately tapped his brother on the chin with his knuckles. I'll be back. Just take care of her while I'm gone. Tim whispered back to his brother before patting him on the shoulder. He was about to turn the door when he froze as his brother pulled out a small twenty-two caliber revolver he had tucked in the back of his jeans. What the hell am I supposed to do with that? Tim gave his brother a nervous smirk. You shot her six times and you came back from the dead. Oh, a gun can't save me. There was a certainty in Tim's words as he shifted his eyes between the gun and his brother's face. Just take the damn gun. Gary took hold of his brother's hand before slapping the gun into his sweaty palm. I didn't shoot her in the head, so you can try doing that. Gary chuckled a little, but he only chuckled to calm his nerves. He gave his brother one last hug and he watched as Tim looked at his daughter for the last time before slowly opening the bunker's door, disappearing into the darkness behind it. Gary hated watching his brother disappear behind the door and he hated bolting the bunker's door, not knowing if his brother would ever return. Tim stood in a long, dark corridor and his breath got stuck in his throat after he heard his brother secure the door behind him. There was no turning back. All Tim had was a small caliber gun and a walkie-talkie. He also had his instincts, which would hopefully save his life. Tim began his journey down a long underground tunnel that would lead up to the house's basement. Tim was about to test his walkie-talkie, but before he could speak into the device, his daughter's soft voice emerged from the receiver, causing him to flinch a little. Dad, can you hear me? Anna's whispering voice vibrated the walkie-talkie. Yes, sweetie, I can hear you. Tim replied to his daughter while trying to hide the tremor in his voice. Is mom still at the back of the house? Tim whispered into the device while listening to his footsteps echoing up and down the dark tunnel. Yeah, mom never moved. She's still sitting on the deck. She looks really scared. Hannah took a deep breath after answering her father. I don't blame her. I'm scared too. But I've got a good feeling about this. Tim tucked his brother's gun into his waistband while holding the walkie talkie in front of his lips. Where's the master? She's still in the living room? Tim didn't want to think about the cannibalistic creature lurking around his brother's house, but he needed to know her location for his safety and the safety of his ex wife. His daughter's reply almost had him stop in his tracks. She's in the living room, eating Tiffany's body again. She dragged the body out of the doorway and she's chewing on Tiffany's stomach. I had to look away. I'm looking at mum right now. Tim could hear his daughter swallowing hard between her whispering. Four minutes passed before Tim reached the ladder. When he started climbing it, he heard his daughter gasp. What's the matter, sweetheart? All the muscles in Tim's body tightened as he waited for his daughter's reply. An answer didn't come right away. Hannah, what is it, baby? Are you there? Tim held on to the ladder and he checked his walkie-talkie to make sure the light was still on. His daughter became so quiet that he couldn't even hear her breathing. After a minute, Hannah finally told her father what she'd seen. I saw your doppelganger. He broke into the house through the bedroom window. Hannah gave her father the unpleasant news. I'm watching him now. He's walking down the hallway toward the living room. Daddy, he doesn't even look like you anymore. His body just looks like it's rotting. He just walked into the kitchen. Oh, he's nothing but a tall skeleton wearing a red plaid shirt and blue jeans. I can see i can see something in his head. It looks like... Oh, I think he's holding a sledgehammer. He must have gotten it from your tool shed. Hannah stuttered. Daddy, please be careful. Anna's panic exuded through the walkie-talkie. Tim lost his ability to think for a moment. He quickly gathered himself, remembering that he had to save his ex-wife and he had to do it quietly. "I locked him in the basement." "Oh, but your mom told me she accidentally let him out. She went to the house looking for me and she heard banging in the basement and she must have thought it was me trying to escape." Tim's heavy breathing intensified his words. "Oh, he must have followed her here." Gotta get your mom before he does, Tim told his daughter everything as he continued to climb the ladder. When Tim opened the tunnel's hatch door, he saw a rat scurry across the basement floor, which almost caused him to fall off the ladder and back down the tunnel. Why would mom go to the basement? Why'd she let him out? What was she thinking? Hannah fussed, not out of anger, but fear. Your mom didn't know, honey, Tim whispered to his daughter as he tiptoed through the bleak darkness in the basement. He thought it was me. She probably called out to him and then she heard my voice, not knowing that she was hearing the voice of a creature that was imitating me. Tim wiped away a drop of sweat that fell into his eye. Then reached into his denim jeans, pulling out his brother's gun when he heard a loud crash upstairs. A foreboding came over him when he reached the basement stairway. Tim shrunk back when he heard a shrilling inhuman scream reverberating throughout the house. The scream ended abruptly after a few seconds had gone by. Tiffany's doppelganger's dead. Your doppelganger went into the living room and he crushed her skull with a hammer. Hannah told her father what had happened before he could ask. He picked her dead body up from the floor. Now he's chewing on her face. It looks like doppelgangers eat each other. At least, that's what yours is doing. Hannah sounded like she was going to throw up. Her voice became weak and she gagged on a few of her words. He ripped off her nose with his teeth, and he's chewing on it. Hannah's shortness of breath almost hindered her ability to talk. Tim could hear his daughter fighting her mild asthma attack. He listened as Hannah took a puff from her combination inhaler. Breathe slowly, sweetie. It'll be over soon, I promise. Try not to look at my doppelganger. Just keep your eyes on the screen where your mom's located. As Tim tried to comfort his daughter, he accidentally bumped into an object that laid against the basement wall. Tim turned around to see that the object he'd bumped into was a portable digital guitar. Seeing the guitar made Tim nostalgic. He picked it up while thinking about his past concerts and his albums. He thought about his rock tours and his fans. Tim put the guitar strap over his shoulder and he held the guitar, wanting to play it. But he knew that playing this guitar would be suicidal. Tim recognized the black portable guitar. It used to be his, but he'd given it to his brother as a birthday present. Tim had a gallery of guitars at his house, and he didn't mind giving one to his brother. Tim almost got lost in thought, but his daughter's voice jarred him out of his brief reminiscent daydream. Daddy, are you there? Hannah had regained her breath, and her voice sounded calmer after she'd used her inhaler. Yeah, I'm here. What's going on? Is your mum still sitting on the backyard deck? Tim brought the walkie-talkie up to his lips again as he climbed the basement steps with caution. There was a pit in Tim's stomach, but he tried to ignore it. Mum's still waiting for you in the backyard, Hannah told her dad. Her soft tone of voice calmed her father's nerves. Hannah tried to keep her voice within a whispering tone because she knew that if she spoke too loud through the walkie-talkie, she would attract unwanted attention to her father. Hannah also tried to ignore the troubling thoughts that intruded upon her. "'I'm walking up the basement stairs now,' Tim informed his daughter. He glanced up at a camera installed above the basement doorway. Peace of mind briefly embraced him when he knew that his daughter could see him. A massive hallway greeted Tim at the top of the basement stairway. He forgot that his brother lived in a mansion— expansive mosaic paintings decorated the hallways walls tim had his brother's revolver clutched tight in his left hand with his portable guitar securely hooked around his muscular shoulder walking down the monumental hall made tim feel like he was walking down the hallway of a cathedral the mansion's roof had a skylight window and the moonlight danced along the walls and the hallway's floor tim walked past a few bedrooms and a couple of bathrooms He had a big house, but his brother's house always reminded him of a hotel. The hospitable warmth that used to grace the atmosphere in his brother's home had departed, and a stagnant scent of death lingered in the air. Tim's sense of foreboding increased. It was worse now than a pressure cooker. His healthy fear was appropriate since he knew that his doppelganger was in the house with a sledgehammer. Death almost punched Tim in the face when he saw his doppelganger for the first time in his basement bathroom mirror. He remembered dropping his toothbrush in the sink when the evil Tim reached out of the mirror, grabbing his throat. It was a surreal moment for Tim to see a bony man with pale, translucent skin and hollow eyes staring back at him. He kept thinking about his brother telling him to destroy all the mirrors in his home and stay away from any mirror at night. His brother even told him to destroy the mirrors in his car. Tim had almost died in his house, and the doppelganger had almost killed his daughter. He knew that the deformed man that lunged out of his mirror and attacked him was not human, and Tim thought about how his doppelganger almost snapped his arm in half. He would made it out of his bathroom by the skin of his teeth. He still had the bruises on his arms and neck from wrestling with his doppelganger. It was like wrestling with the bogeyman or the devil. The pain of being hurled into his bathroom wall still radiated through Tim's psyche. He also reflected on what his doppelganger had whispered to him after knocking him into the wall. There's not enough room in this world for both of us. The monster had hissed those words into Tim's face as he lifted Tim from the floor by his throat. The only thing that saved him was his daughter rushing into the bathroom when she heard the commotion tim had to rescue his daughter he watched the creature grab his daughter's face with his claws around her small chin he leapt from the floor punching this doppelganger after he saw that the monster was about to sink his fangs into hannah's forehead hannah had fainted after she saw the dark and gruesome version of her father and her actual father had to carry her out of the house now tim's man cave was in his basement and that's where he'd locked his doppelganger his ex-wife had ruined everything by going into the basement and unleashing his dark side. Literally. Um, Daddy, your is standing on the front porch. He's looking across the street at Mom's car. I think he knows that she's here. Hannah whispered intensely. He walked off the porch and now he's standing in the driveway, still staring at Mom's car. Oh, he moves really fast. Tim could hear the panic returning to his daughter's voice tried to jog down the long hallway and he shivered when he passed the hallway that led to the living room some of the hallways intersected with each other and each hallway would guide you to different locations within the house it was like walking through a luxurious maze Tim finally found the hallway that would guide him to the backyard he froze in the middle of the hallway when he heard a monstrous non-human voice echo throughout the house flesh of my flesh the bone of my bone i am you and you are me we will be together once again just wait and see tim knew it was the voice of his doppelganger the voice was reverberating within itself as if multiple men were talking in unison tim had to move fast especially after he heard his doppelganger call out to him the monster could smell tim in the house And the clock was ticking. Oh my god, Tim! Megan whispered excitedly while wrapping her arms around her ex husband. She jumped at first when she saw him emerge from behind the house's backsliding door. What took you so long? Megan fussed. Well, she never thought she'd be kissing and hugging her ex husband again. Tim couldn't believe that he was embracing and kissing his ex wife. Are you okay? Tim stroked his fingers through Megan's cinnamon blonde hair, which he'd missed doing. Well, there's nothing like a monster apocalypse to help reunite you with your ex-wife. This was the humorous thought that arose in Tim's mind. I can't believe I'm hugging you after you put me through that nasty custody battle. You almost took Hannah away from me, told me I was an unfit father to my face. Tim kept the bass out of his voice as he spoke to his ex-wife through an incredulous chuckle. Megan put her hand on her hip while affectionately grabbing Tim's chin. I had a drinking problem, and I didn't want you around Hannah, remember? You couldn't get your shit together. Megan slapped him in the face with her words, but she did it lovingly. I still loved you, even after the divorce. I just couldn't deal with the drinking and your erratic behaviours. You come home late at night, and I knew your ass was cheating on me. Let you borrow my car. I found a silk bra and a lipstick case that didn't belong to me in the back seat. You were having sex with some random bitch in my car. I could still smell her drugstore perfume stinking up my Rav4's leather interior. Yeah, my Nick Jonas album was missing from my glove compartment too. I know that bitch stole it. Megan still had her fingers gripping and caressing her ex-husband's prominent chin. The strong beautiful features and her sassy accent intensified her fiery personality. When Megan heard her daughter's voice, it stopped her from softly ranting. Is that Hannah talking to you? Megan snatched the walkie-talkie out of her ex-husband's hand before he could answer. Hey baby, Megan whispered into the walkie-talkie and her entire demeanor changed for the better when she heard her daughter's voice. Hi mum. There's a camera hanging above your head on the deck's roof. I can see you and Dad. Hannah almost raised her voice from excitement, but she caught herself. The teenager was happy to see her mom alive and well, but she couldn't enjoy the moment because she saw something on another security monitor that sent chills down her spine. Mom, listen to me. There's a row of bushes behind the backyard pool, and you guys need to run and hide behind those bushes. Tim heard what his daughter was telling her mom. he quickly grabbed his ex-wife's hand, forcing her to run down the deck stairway toward the bushes. It took Tim and Megan six seconds to make it around the pool and into the bushes and trees that would hide them from what was coming. Mom, I just saw you come into the house through the front door. You look like a skeleton in a wedding dress and you're holding a shotgun. Half your hair is missing and I can see part of your skull. I know this sounds crazy, but I think your doppelganger followed you to the house, just like Dad's doppelganger. Hannah's shortness of breath returned. Your doppelganger's walking down the hallway right now, at least to the backyard deck. And Dad's is outside, walking around the house in the same direction. He's still holding the sledgehammer, and you're carrying a gun. That's where I told you guys to hide. I'm scared. Anna sounded like she was on the verge of tears. You guys need to stay hidden behind the bushes. Just stay out of sight and you'll be safe. I love you guys. I don't want... (laughs) Hannah's voice disappeared after the walkie-talkie's battery died. Hannah, uh, baby, are you there? Megan held the communication device up to her red lips with both hands, waiting for a response. But only Static greeted her, and then dead silence. What are we going to do? Megan looked around at Tim. She gasped when he showed her his brother's revolver. Hannah told us to stay hidden. If you use that gun, you'll get both of us killed. Didn't you hear what our daughter said? She said my is carrying a shotgun. I don't know where she got a shotgun from, but if she finds us, our baby will be an orphan. Megan's voice began climbing and she flinched when Tim put his hand over her mouth. Keep your voice down and take it easy. We're not going to die, Tim whispered in his ex-wife's ear, hoping not to be wrong. If something happens, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry for being a jerk. I know I wasn't a good husband and I'm sorry for cheating on you and hurting you all the time. I'm sorry for coming home drunk late at night. You put up with my bad habits and I didn't appreciate you. You were my queen. Tim meant every word and he never broke eye contact with his ex-wife even when he heard grunting and growling a few feet away. I'm sorry too for always nagging you and putting you down. I could have been a better wife. Maybe we can both get a second chance if we make it out of this alive. Megan rested both of her hands on Tim's bearded face. She wanted to kiss him, but the sound of rustling coming from a group of trees prevented her. The trees were located a few feet behind him and Megan, The former married couple couldn't rekindle their romance just yet. They quickly realized that now wasn't a good time to kiss. As a slew and men of women emerged from the darkness amidst the crowded distant trees. These men and women were doppelgangers. Shit, Megan choked out the word while losing her voice. The young woman locked her hands around her ex-husband, tearing the sleeve on his denim black t-shirt. Drowned in panic, she involuntarily jumped up while still clutching Tim's arm. Her body reacted between the fight or flight response and she chose flight, but she forgot that there was nowhere to run. Megan almost lost her life when she leaped up from behind the bushes to see her doppelganger aiming her shotgun at the two of them. Megan fell back to the ground with her ex-husband after she heard the shotgun explode. Tim panicked aiming his brother's revolver over the bushes and firing at his wife's doppelganger. Two bullets drilled the monster in the chest, but she kept unloading her shotgun at the bushes. Megan screamed when she saw a bullet slice through the ground an inch away from her high-heeled shoe. She never let go of her ex-husband and her wide eyes froze on the gang of doppelgangers marching toward them from behind. Some of them still looked semi human, while others looked like diseased corpses in civilian clothing. Megan saw herself and her ex husband getting beaten to death by the demonic mob. She watched as Tim began shooting at the doppelgangers, but the bullets weren't taking them down. Megan surrendered to her fear, grabbing her ex husband by the arm and forcing him to run. The two of them ran out from behind the bush, and they were about to jump a fence and escape into a neighboring backyard but these creatures cut them off. You can't run from us. We're here to confiscate your flesh, Megan's doppelganger snarled. The creature limped towards Megan and Tim while pulling the trigger of her double-barreled shotgun. Megan closed her eyes, thinking it was over. She expected to feel a bullet tear through her body, but instead she heard a click. She opened her eyes to see her doppelganger raging while bringing the empty shotgun down on her bony knee, snapping the weapon in half. Tim saw his coming at him with the sledgehammer. He opened fire on the skeletal man, shooting the hammer out of his hand with uncanny precision. Tim surprised himself with his excellent aim, but he couldn't revel in his marksmanship for long. The doppelganger growled at Tim before lunging at him. Tim tried to shoot the monster again, but he was out of bullets. His desperation for survival forced him to use the gun as a hammer. And when the creature grabbed Tim's throat, Tim nailed the monster in his bony jawline with the butt of the gun. While trying to fight off his evil self, he tried to shield his ex-wife from other doppelgangers who were lunging at them from every direction. Tim accidentally swiped his fingers across the strings on the portable guitar that remained glued to his shoulder. An electric, melodic wave struck the night air. And when this happened, all the doppelgangers fell to their knees with their hands over their ears. Megan had her back pressed against her tall ex-husband. She glanced down at the guitar in his hands, realizing that he had a weapon that the doppelgangers feared. She ran her fingers along the guitar strings, wanting to see again if they would respond negatively to the sound of the instrument. A spark of hope ignited in Megan when she saw the doppelgangers recoil in agony a second time. She looked at her doppelganger to see the creature tearing through the skin on her face when she heard the guitar sound. Whoa! Tim's words slid out of his mouth. He smirked as he began playing the portable guitar, watching as the creatures backed away from him and his ex-wife. Playing the guitar came naturally for Tim. Sound is louder at night than in the day. And Tim knew that his guitar playing would be louder at night because of the change towards sound refraction caused by the reversal of the temperature gradient from day to night. And this meant that his guitar playing would be more tormenting to the doppelganger's ears. Without thinking about it, his fingers fell into place on the guitar strings and he rocked the air by playing a cover of the Red Hot Chili Peppers classic Under the Bridge. Tim loved this alternative rock song and its sparse, minimalist guitar guitarists. It was his inspiration. Megan stood close behind her ex-husband, with her hand on his arm. She looked around at the creatures, watching as they wailed and screamed at the sound of the guitar. Megan's mouth dropped open when she saw a doppelganger erupt into flames. Another one exploded. And before long, fire surrounded Megan and Tim. The last two doppelgangers who went up in flames were Tim's and Megan's. Tim kept plucking away on his portable guitar, and he watched in amazement as his doppelganger ignited faster than a lit match. The skeletal man screamed at Tim as he went up in flames. He fell to his knees as the fire consumed his cadaverous body. The guitar sounds incinerated the monster, and there was nothing left but burnt ashes. Megan looked at the pile of ashes that used to be her doppelganger. She watched as the creature burned up like a cigarette soaked in lighter fluid. Megan listened as the guitar strings continued to travel through the night air after her ex-husband had stopped playing. The scent of burnt flesh and smoke lingered around them. I think my music killed them, Tim joked as he looked around at the piles of ashes that surrounded them. Megan had her arm around her ex-husband's waist, She forgot how much she loved Tim's guitar playing. His rock star persona made her fall in love with him, along with other qualities. Without thinking about it, Megan leaped into Tim's arms, slapping him in the face with a kiss. Now she had loved her other husband, Brad, but Tim had never left her heart. Since Brad was dead, Megan saw her situation as God telling her she couldn't replace Tim. She had to make him her husband again. He was her hero, her rock star, and the father of her precious daughter. Now Megan still adored her ex-husband, even after she found out he'd had sex with a prostitute in her car. Now Megan couldn't believe that a real-life monster invasion had helped her reconnect with the man she'd always loved. Tim fell into his ex-wife's kiss. Megan's kiss strengthened him and he knew that he would need the love of a wife to strengthen him. He had work to do, and his guitar playing needed to be fine-tuned so he could save the world and burn some more of the devil's monsters. oh man that was cool the power of the electric guitar to take on the devil's monsters (laughs) what did you think of that one wow how cool is that love that one a lot of fun a lot of fun indeed Ah, it's so nice when a story makes you smile at the end like that one did yeah come on devil you gotta do better than that well tonight's video is um dedicated to the one and only dj Supercrush, good friend of mine over in portugal some really, really cool mixes on the internet. Um, I'll share a link with them somewhere. I want you all to go visit him, listen to his music, and say hi from me, okay? That's my one little request for this evening. Well, that's it. Everything going good. Um, Podcast number two will be coming on Thursday. The theme of this one is Creepy Caves. Two hours worth of creepy cave stories, funnily enough, coming your way. Well, I'll be back again before that time, though. Wednesday here, long story okay, all the renovations are done in my house now, and it's back to normality finally, but need to do a little bit of a break cup of tea I think, well till next time, very very sweet dream, some bye bye